0: Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love, with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's sermon. I cannot begin this sermon today without, as Jackie said earlier, acknowledging that this is a very difficult time for our world, for Israel and Palestine, and we are praying for peace and reconciliation. And From a distance, we cannot imagine the terror that the hostages are experiencing, the violence that is ensuing, and the grief of so many at the sight of what's transpiring there. And we also cannot omit to acknowledge that this pain has longevity. It's been here, transmitted from generations to generations for both peoples, right? For Israel as well as Palestine. So it just sounds so empty and shallow to say we are praying, but we are. And we are here sending all of our love and all of our hopes of peace and reconciliation. So in the scripture lesson this morning, there's this vineyard, right? And, and God is the, the owner of this vineyard. And God declares the fruit to be only bad. It's only badness is what's happening, not in the good sense, um, in the vineyard. And it is apparent that that everything has been done that all the conditions have been met, that they, everything that needed to be put into the vineyard was put in it so that everything could be right. All the steps were taken, all the check marks were checked, but the vineyard did not yield the fruit that it was expected to yield. And even God seems baffled and perplexed. What more needed to be done? And there is something that is clear in the voice of the Holy One who planted the vineyard. And it said that the Holy One looked for justice but saw bloodshed, for righteousness but heard cries of distress. And thus this story invites us to enter into a space of truth-telling, a space that is difficult to enter a space where we are committed of not taming the truth for our own benefit so we can soothe ourselves, but truth-telling that could be a painful and just difficult endeavor. And so we see the truthfulness of the owner of the vineyard, right? The, you know, the owner didn't say, oh, you know, at least we got some grapes, at least everything was not lost, right? It, it, you know, the owner just looked at it as what we did did not yield to expected fruit. Therefore, we need to be honest with ourselves, and we have to start again. We have to start all over. So what happens, right, when, when we are the ones, right, we are, we are called in this world to speak this truth, to hold the truth dear and to speak it out, And we are, you know, citizens of this empire, and citizens of an empire that enjoy privileges that are afforded to us because we are in an empire, right? So there's privileges that come with that. And often we take so much for granted because we do not realize that in the context of an empire, our privilege comes at a high price for other people. And so I'm just gonna go, get, go right into the facts, right? So according to Scientific America, a, born, a child that is born in the United States will create 13 times as much ecological damage over the course of his or her lifetime than a child born in Brazil, for example. Also, the average American will drain as many resources as 35 natives of India and consume 53 times more goods and services than someone from China. We are the highest consumer of the world's resources. However, our population represents 5% of the world's population. And so when we look at climate change and we stand here, you know, with our organic food and, and all the things that make us feel really good, you know, we have to look at how are we affecting disproportionately around the world, poor countries, so that we can realize, right, our life choices, our lifestyle, and how we literally we are impacting the quality of life and lifespan of millions of people speaking truth to power when we are the power is a different it's a different configuration we have to own that in addition to oil we consume things like fast fashion that three out of two i mean five excuse me three out of five items just end up in a landfill however you know, we wouldn't know that, right? Because we, we stand in this, in this soapbox, and we wag our finger, and we point our fingers to, to say to other countries, you, you are violating our environmental laws. But we are their biggest consumers of what they are making while violating those environmental laws. And truth-telling calls us not to take the easy way out, but to confront our real impact to this planet. This month, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, and I am a proud Puerto Rican, you know. Um, and so, after living 43 years of my life in the Empire, right, in, in Massachusetts and Connecticut and New York, I now live in the in Puerto Rico, which is a territory of the United States and a colony of the United States. So when you live in, the, in a colony, you can go out to war and die for the empire, but you cannot and will not have the right to vote for its president. Right? When you live in the empire, the, all the benefits that the, that, um, excuse me, when you live in the colony, all the benefits that are given to the American citizens like you that possess, that possess the same passport that you possess are not the same benefits that you get in the colony. And so, when you live in the empire and you come—excuse me—in the, in the colony and you come to the empire and you show your Puerto Rican driver's license, the policeman will, or policewoman will tell you that this is not a valid ID, although it says "real ID" on it. Because Puerto Rico—where is Puerto Rico? ¿Qué es dónde? ¿Quiénes son esa gente? No entiendo, ¿qué esto? Right, like that's, that's right. And so Puerto Rico has decided that they have to put USA on their licenses to help the citizens of the empire understand that they are part of the empire as well. Truth-telling is the first step toward healing and transformation. Say it with me. Truth-telling is the first step toward healing and transformation. So as we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, I remind us that the Latinx Hispanic community is more than an immigration problem. Again, I will say that again. This community has contributed to the fabric of this nation, and it continues to build this nation. And so when we look at faces and names and histories, we see the uniqueness of that beautiful tapestry that is the Hispanic Latinx community. And just, re- just as a reminder, like, El Cinco de Mayo does not belong to the Puerto Rican people, right? It belongs to the Mexican people. So we need to like, take the interest of knowing the differences in culture. Although we speak a similar language, it is not the same across the board. But in the empire, we are selective in knowing, right? We don't, we don't really take, we just do this broad brush and we create categories. And so theologian and author Fernando Segovia said, the knowledge that is expected of us is different than the knowledge that the center holds. And he says the knowledge traditionally associated with the center, the people in the empire, is deeply compromised because of his sheer lack of knowledge. With regards to the margins, on the margins, one knows and has been required to know far more about the center than the center will ever know about the margins. And so here we are, in Latinx and Hispanic month, looking at the border, saying, "Oh, Dios mío, esta de Saying all these things about the immigration uh, problem, but we don't recognize that in the 1980s, like Ronald Reagan's administration used Central America as a testing ground to rehabilitate the US imperial power. They had lost in Vietnam, so they come and they implement this, this policy. They draw the sand on communism. And they, what it creates is death quads, massacres, murderous repression of the left wing movements, killing all those people like Oscar Romero, that was a liberation theologian priest. And Central America becomes this, um, in the worldview, this place where Reaganism is born. And the US uses El Salvador to get this theory right, just to like a testing ground, like the backyard where you get your stuff done. And before the Reagan administration, we must remember that the US interfered in the elections and the coups of Paraguay, Chile, Uruguay, Argentina, all in the 70s, because truth-telling is the first step toward healing and transformation. So when we hear Najib Bukele, President of El Salvador, saying, we are going to make decisions to, to resolve our problems our own way, before we go up there and we start calling names, right, we have to understand that we, we, the power right? We created a fertile ground, whether we agree with the ethos of his administration or not, when we went there and used them for our own purposes. Because truth-telling is the first step toward healing and transformation. So I invite us this morning to a moment of admission and confession. First of all, we are not the first and the best country of the world. That, we just have to say that, right, like to ourselves. And we are the power most of the world is speaking to. When we're saying let's speak truth to power, we are the power most of the world is speaking truth to. We are, right? We need to do what is right. Or our immigrant siblings because more often than not we have contributed to their current situation and so we ask god the holy one to guide us in this moment so that we can speak truth as a first step of healing and transformation to guide us to have a better better judgment in our decisions to guide us in committing to heal the world, to listen and to love. Let it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info@middlechurch.org if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.